Craft Beer Radio, episode 225, start of autumn, September 29th, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm working the old audio mixer thing over here with our new kitschy, gimmicky thing that just makes us happy for the intro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just fun to do. Okay, so uh, we have a whole selection of different Belgians. Various, well, Belgian styles, I guess we should say, because they're not actually Belgian. Yeah, none of they're them are Belgian. here from America, land of the free. Yeah, they have Belgian influence, and they were all purchased in the state of Ohio. Yes. So that that's a common path. Let's start with this little bottle here. This is from Denver, Colorado, Great Divide Brewing Company, and this little puppy is called Colette. It is, uh, let's see... 7.3% alcohol by volume. It uh, they hmm, it won the 2010 Great American Beer Fest in the silver medal French and Belgian style saison, the 2010 Silver Australian International Beer Awards, and 2011 Australian International Beer Awards bronze medal in Belgian and French style ale. So it's award winner for some kind of Belgian-ish farmhouse slash saison-ish. At 7.3%, that's pretty high for what I would consider a typical Saison, but it's still in the ballpark. That's neat. Uh, kind of an oxymoronic slogan here. They say, rustic, refined. <laughs> it's not necessarily oxymoronic, you, you right? Can, but rustic, I, I, I understand what they're saying. It's the best of the rustic, you know, but, you know. Well, like, think I, of, here's what I think it's of. It's like Beverly Hillbillies, right? It's the rustic refined. I mean, what, what I think of visually when I think of this is I think of an old, you know, a desk made out of like old wood and stuff like that. So okay. it's this rustic sort of looking desk, but it's, you know, it's well made and well manufactured and everything. So it's mm, okay. rustic but refined. I see. Bottle conditioned. I got a cloudy one. Greg's is slightly clear. If it tastes a little... Oh, there's there's lots of wispy stuff in oh, there. Look at that. Okay. Here, let me give you a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Not much in there. Uh, so, yeah, it's got a, a yellowish uh, straw color. Um, even more yellow as you put it up against the light. It has a lemon uh, and grassy aroma. A bit of... A bit of like you're getting near a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big wheat aroma on this. You definitely smell that lemony wheat type aroma on this. But like, imagine you're you're at like somebody's house, and there's a barn about uh, five six hundred feet away. You get get one of the, a whiff of that aroma, but that's it, right? Yeah, big carbonation. My first sip was just real mouth zinger. So what I'm working on now is kind of swirling it out a little bit. Just to um, knock down a little bit to give it a little, more, a little more smoothness. It almost tasted like there was some spicing to it, like a coriander or something. But really, with all the zingy carbonation, it was really hard to tell. They don't say on their uh, <clears throat> on their website that it's, it just says barley, wheat, and rice. Okay. So it's got a mixture of different grains in there. Um, but... As opposed to, I mean, rice you don't normally see in these. Barley and wheat you see all the time, but rice. You know, they have experience brewing with rice with yeah. their samurai. Yes, that's true. So they could have taken, you know, like, hey, we like certain things out of the samurai. Let's try to pull that into this Colette, too. I think rice can rice can offer some interesting things, uh, especially in ales. Um, like with the Hitachino Nest is a good example mm-hmm. of their, uh, their red rice. It can get, you can get some, some lovely little floral bits, and also it, it tends to come out really clean uh it doesn't leave a whole lot of um it's not like oats where you get a little bit of slime or something mm-hmm. like that yeah or or wheat where you can get kind of a graininess rice okay. comes really clean when with nice floral notes when they brew it with lager yeast i don't think it works well at all but that's Gee, just who me. does that <laughs> i'm still working out the carbonation on this my second sip was still just another mouth zinger got a little more of of the wheat flavor, but it is a very lively beer. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. 
It's I, interesting. I like it. It didn't pour with a huge foamy head, like, but it's so carbonated in the body. It was curious because you know we've had beers recently where, you know, you pour them and you can't smell anything because there's so much head. This one keeps the CO two in the beer. It does. It's not really rushing to get out. I'm with you. I'm getting a little like, um, I don't want to say lemongrass because it sounds too easy. Because it, it's a little bit of lemon and a little bit of grass. But lemongrass is its own kind of thing. So I'll just say a little bit of lemon and a little bit of grass. I'm, if I didn't know it was rice, I wouldn't be able to pick out some of these little floral bits that I'm getting. But there's some potpourri parts there. Now, the interesting thing about this, you're talking about how wheated it tastes. But really, when I poured yours before I added the dregs, it poured crystal clear. So if there's, you know, a big wheat bill to it, they may have filtered the beer before they bottled it and bottle conditioned it. Be a fascinating way to do things, but it could have been for shelf stability or something like that. They might have done it You right think they would, it, a company like Great Divide, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with their website because... You know, I, that, we think the Great Divide makes some pretty spectacular beers. And some ones that aren't the greatest, but everyone makes some beers that aren't the greatest. Speak uh, for yourself, man. I think they suck now. I'm teasing. <laughs> I, I, I have a warm spot in my heart for Great Divide and generally think they're just a, a go-to brewery, like Greg said, where yeah. you know it's hard to find a bad beer in their lineup. So I, I, you would hope that they would put some effort into into their website, especially for people like us who are looking for that kind of information. Like, I mean, I'm looking at Sam Adams' site, and they have a bunch of information on their on the profile, a bunch of information on how it's brewed, a history of the brew itself. These are first-world problems right here. <laughs> Our show is a first-world problem, so... <laughs> it's a solution to a first-world right. problem, that's for sure. <laughs> so I'm not going to, you know, get to the point of complaining. I, I just think, you know, they, if they put some more information on on their website uh it would give us something something more to talk about with the beer instead we just have to use our tongues and try to we do have some food pairing suggestions on the label here mm. pasta uh salads uh fish they got a little fancier with this you ready okay a charcuterie plate country sausage and sauerkraut foie gras indian curry and camembert cheese okay i see the curry uh I don't see the foie gras. I don't buy it. Camembert. It could work with camembert. Yeah, I think the especially with the carbonation yeah. and the lemony. I think it'll cut through a creamy, runny, you know, runny cheese. Camembert is pretty stiff though. Camembert stands up. Uh, it's not like brie. I mean, it's sharp. Oh, is it okay? I thought the camembert was a soft, runny one. I thought, like, when it got really ripe, it just kind of melts away. Well, you know, it's softer, but I mean, the, the flavor oh, is sharp. It's a, it's a much sharper brie. So I'm wondering how that would interact with, with the flavors here. I think you'd kind of lose some of the beer. But oh well. Who am I? Who are you? Who? <laughs> you don't have to pay any royalties, so I'll stop singing that right now. It's commentary. There you go. So, our next beer. I'm just looking to see if we've got another golden one here. Since we started out nice and light, I kind of don't want to jump to something that's you know, oak-aged or, or too barrel. Yes, it's golden. Too dark yet. According to their website. Okay. And then this one's a Belgian-style double IPA, so we won't get to that one just yet. <laughs> Why not? Okay, so North Coast Brewing Company. Yeah, we've had this before. We had this at the beer dinner at the Pines mm -hmm. Tavern. But not from a 25 milliliter caged and cork bottle. This is Lamero. 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 Uh, the mare is the blackbird. It's a Saison. Again, a Belgian style farmhouse ale. You know, I said. Seven point. The other one was seven point three. This is seven point nine. So maybe I'm kind of wrong on that. For what you said, heavy for a saison. Yeah. Or? No, seven. That, they can be bigger beers. 
and uh, you know, seven eight is in ballpark for sure. Twenty six IBUs. Uh, they call the color straw. You know, if you want something lower in alcohol, remember that beer we had from uh, uh, what was it called? The Le, Le Petit uh, Le Prince, which yeah, was two point nine. Yeah. So you know, you know that <laughs> and a grisette. You know, those are are sure. The, the table beer. But I was thinking Saison's think are, are think six of, or lower. Think but... of Avril from Saison DuPont. Have you had that one? It's no. It's table beer, and it's a three percenter, you know. So they have table beer, then they have Saison's, and then, you know, other things. So, the, the you know, the French, Flanders, you know, Belgian farmhouse style mm-hmm. kind of breaks down that way. So this is a darker, slightly. Um, just barely, you know, it's just a, a little bit more of an orange <clears throat> hint on it. Just barely. It's got a little bit more head to it, too. And it smells more hoppy. I'm not noticing as much sort of grassy notes as I am, sort of some hops. And a, and a, slight, um, a slight cooked vegetable. Not a bad, not like a, not a DMS. But I think there maybe is a touch of something similar in there that's giving it that. It's almost like. Um, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't smell like stale green beans or something like that? No, it's not like a, a can of green beans. But there's a little bit there. I'm thinking it, it definitely smells like a fresher cooked vegetable. You know, steamed broccoli mm-hmm. or asparagus. Uh, trying to think if there's anything a little more accurate. I don't have much to add, Greg. Greg was pretty, pretty spot on with the uh, olfactory descriptions there, the olfactory analysis. Hmm. All right, so let's give this a taste. A little, little sweetness is coming through in the nose now. It's almost a bit of a. How do I put that? Candied. You know, like some kind of dried fruit, like um, candied pineapple or candied pear or something, like dried pear or something like that. I like that pick, especially when you taste it, because you will taste sort of a sugared plum or something like that. You taste some, um, or, 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 you know what I'm thinking of? I think of, um, I have some, I got dried mango once. Okay, yeah. And there was, you know, it's kind of this condensed sweetness mm-hmm. with the mango flavor. So there, there's that coming through. In the flavor, I don't know if mango is quite the flavor, but there's definitely condensed sort of kind of orangey, uh, maybe tangerine more, maybe more mm-hmm. uh, you know lighter than orange. Oh, the more you drink it, the more that fruity flavor is apparent. Yeah, uh, tangerine, uh, clementine. Ma- mango is pretty good in there. Uh, you know, a touch of pineapple. Yeah, that, now that, that I'm tasting it, again. It's definitely maybe. dried fruits. So, you know. Like that big variety bag of dried fruits you can get at like the discount, you know, wholesale warehouse, you know, those kind of things where there's pears and apples and, <laughs> and apricots, even though it's not much of an apricot flavor. I wouldn't really go there, but it just has that whole feel of that bag of dried fruit. Yeah, it has that just the condensed sweetness. Um, and and also uh, a little that that sweetness is adding to, I, I guess, a little bit of a viscosity feel, right? Because mm-hmm. it just it feels sort of thicker and feels like it's more viscous it, it isn't really so the big bottle is most likely bottle conditioned you know being caged and corked where the small bottles are probably you know force carbonated in the bright tank and then bottled under right. pressure um so the big bottles probably give a little bit more a little more delicate they you know they probably evolve a little bit more over time you know those are kind of things you could probably expect uh, I don't have any specific knowledge about North Coast Brewing, but you know my knowledge from other breweries that do the same kind of thing, same beer in two different packages, the big beers that are Cajun cork typically are bottle conditioned. And it'd be nice to be in California and get all these <laughs> great beers they have there. Um, North Coast and Fort Bragg, I'm not quite sure exactly where that it's, is. It's, but... a, it's pretty far up north. Yeah. Um, it's basically, it's, north Coast, it's so, I mean... basically an import for most of California. Mm-hmm. It's, it's way up there. <clears throat> So, um, in the Beer Hunter, uh, 
the former great Michael Jackson said, uh, more than a serious beer, it is outstanding, dizzying, appetizing, refreshing. That's a nice review to get from Michael Jackson. And it also shows that this beer has some history to it. Hee hee. No, we had to go there. You haven't done that in like 150 shows. Yeah, so, come on. (laughs) Who was was that? Greg? I'm trying to remember who always loved it when you broke that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, whoever it was. He's he's loving it That's for you. Yes. Um, I mean, that quote also shows that this beer has some history. Mm-hmm. I mean, they won gold in the 2006, 2006 World Beer Championships. That's the only medal it says it has. Okay. This is great, all the all the fruit flavors in it's, here. It's, it's nice. It, it, it's, it's got a refreshing component, but it's also complicated and interesting. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's, it's, re- it's, <laughs> it's damn good. It's been so... It's been like probably two years since I've had this and it was in the small package. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it being awesome. Yeah. And this is pretty awesome. Yeah, so if I think that we would say if you get the chance, try to find it Cajun corked. Because if it's in those small bottles, like Jeff said, it probably doesn't age as well. Reasonable price in Ohio, it was eight ninety nine For a beer of this quality. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the kind of beer that you know, serve definitely go great with dinner. Oh know? yeah, this will this will impress your friends. This beer, yeah, you know, if you especially, I I don't want to sound like we're back in the days where you're trying to convince wine drinkers, but there still are some of those out there, and this would this would be an easy one, yeah, to, to take to that showdown and say try this with uh, you know the meals instead of your your white wine. Or, or even you know some reds in some in some aspects, but you know it's funny. On the price, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I got a um, I got a, a message from somebody who uh, who was telling me that they had a they had uh, they didn't like beer with, and they never tried beer with cheese. They have only tried wine with cheese, but they had to go. And then they asked me to get in touch with them for something. And I was like, uh, okay, uh, I would definitely recommend beer with cheese because I think that beer is better than wine with cheese in almost all cases. I think that beer fits better with wine. Well, I mean, it fits better with cheese. It you know it it complements instead yeah, I mean, of to, contrast. I'm going to be parroting Garrett Oliver's points, mm-hmm. but you know he starts out saying that beer and cheese come from the same place. They come from grass. They and they don't. <laughs> I mean, well, that's like saying, well, it all comes from the sun, but, but beer, uh, cheese gets sugar from lactose, uh, but not all beers do. Um, beer gets uh, so there, there's a bunch of stuff that goes on in in uh, in cheese that doesn't go on in beer. Beer is cheese is totally different bacteria that they're doing it. Well, sure, but the 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 flavors. I mean, they, you don't we don't milk animals that aren't grazers for cheese because it doesn't make good cheese you know you don't see pig's milk out there you know right why not probably because things that eat you know stuff that isn't grass and grain doesn't make peeling cheese i know goats will eat anything right yes but cheese goats typically graze on <laughs> grass uh but you know there's the other thing that garrett oliver says is beer is more versatile against cheese because yes. cheese can only contrast with wine, where with beer you can contrast, you can complement, you can highlight, you can do the different kinds of um, pairing tricks. Yeah. Where and with cheese you could only, or with wine you only have one way to attack it. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed so many cheese can bring out different parts of of a beer, or different parts of a cheese will come out. Whereas wine, I kind of just I notice the contrast, and it's interesting, and it can be lovely. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just notice that the contrast of the two flavors. You don't really have. Um, you know, there are exceptions, but they're few and far between. And then the person asked that they wanted to. That said, oh, "Okay, I got to try that. Can I advertise? Uh, can I put some editorial on your site or something like that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they tricked you, huh? Well, they they obviously responded personally. 
But then they wanted to put some editorial inside, so I was just like, all right, no. <laughs> Have you looked at the new site? There's no place to put editorial on the new site. Sorry. <laughs> Even if there were. Uh, so that was La Mer from uh, North Coast. From North Coast. M-E-R-L-E. I think we need to go here next. Okay. Because it's uh, another straightforward farmhouse where these are getting a little experimental. So, Well, this is a version of my favorite beer of all time. This is the non-Grand uh, Cru version. Oh, 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 gusher. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's, uh, Jolly Pumpkins. That was, an inter- that was a pretty gush, wasn't it? Yeah. It didn't. It was just cascading down the bottle, and it looked like it was. It's a pretty gush. It made a mess, but it was Jolly pretty Pumpkin gush. from Dexter, Michigan. This is their uh, their beer to Mars. Towel good that I had earlier. When we had this in the Michigan show, uh, it was a show we did outside. The show we did outside, and the we sound quality problems. sucked. But I was blown away by the beer. It was all. It was the the Grand Cru version that was aged for twenty six months in oak. This is only aged for not not nearly as long, but it is aged in oak. Seven point seven percent alcohol by volume. Um, secondary fermentation with wild yeast and oak, and it's uh, it's, it's based on the beer de Mars, which is sort of a sustaining beer. It's brewed to. Brewed in March. You grabbed, or, you know, last time we did a July pumpkin, you grabbed the second to last bottle. Here you grabbed the fourth from last bottle of the batch. <laughs> Clearly they're sending their la- the last of their stock to, uh, this is probably VE. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And this is uh, bottled on March 9th this year. All right. So, yeah. So this is, not, I'm sorry, not brewed in March, but uh, bottled in March. Yep. Has a big Flandersy smell on the nose. It's got a sort of. Jeff has a darker red than me, which is interesting. Uh, Yours is probably a little more yeasty. I poured mine first, and I poured both pretty vigorously just to stop the gushing yeah. from gushing. So mine is kind of caramelly. Jeff's kind of red. I think it's. It, I think it, it tends to be a little bit more red. Mm-hmm. Um, smells red. fruity. I'm getting kind of that sour, you know, that yeah. sweet tart. You know, I'm getting a big Flandersy aroma, not so much as Rodenbach, but but it's it, it's definitely a significant part of the aroma. Hmm. Smells very good. You know, a little little cherry, a little strawberry, maybe a little cocoa in the nose. Greg's rocking in his chair. He's. He's smiling. This just made his cheat day. Mm. That's a beer. Tart. There's a lot of tartness going on. Whole bunch of complex flavors. Because it starts pretty cherry and then kind of maybe strawberry and then there's a little tobacco and then there's a little bit of uh, uh, parsley. And there's (laughs) so many things Mm -hmm. that I'm pulling from this. And I think that that's why I loved it so much was because there was it was this journey. I think that was the word the exact word I used. There's a journey you're going on with this beer. There's, I mean, it's definitely a sour beer, you know, in the in the vague term. Mm-hmm. You know, there's big tangy tartness going on there. Um, but the sour fades, and then you're left with um, mm-hmm. a lot of different flavors evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's it's not as acidic as Rodenbach or La Folie. You know, so it's a, it's a more mild Flandersy. You know, almost like maybe a little bit of old Brune going on in there instead of a Flanders Red, maybe a combination of the two. But yeah, when Greg, you know, went through those flavors, even the parsley, you know, yeah, there's something that's kind of vaguely minty, vaguely vegetable. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of that... Um... I, I, celery. There's a little bit of that, just sort of bite. Celery leaf, yeah. But that's just a small part towards the very end. Mm-hmm. 
you know, earlier on, you're just getting it's not even dark fruit because that that's that's more indicative of, of more sugary and this, this is more sour uh i am getting you know something that's tart. fairly sugary like you know like a dried strawberry or something like that like yeah there is strawberry there there's even a little bit of peach um grape mm-hmm. yeah there's some yeah, peach is like some Concord grape juice type mm-hmm. flavor in there. It's good. It's really good. This is a damn good beer. Thank goodness. When it poured such a gusher, I'm like, oh, it's going to taste like nail polish remover. Right, right. But no, it didn't taste like that. It doesn't taste... There's really nothing off. There's no secondary infection that's not complimentary. It's just the Flanders. And when it got bottled, it just got, you know... They didn't do their calculations right. I wonder if near the end of the line it had anything to do with it. You said that last time, too, when the beer yeah. was ruined. And now you're talking about... So, who knows? But that wasn't that wasn't Jolly Pumpkin, right? No, it no, was. No, we did the Jolly... Yeah, we did the... But the Jolly um, Pumpkin wasn't ruined. Firefly. Yeah, well, it was kind of yuck. But, no, it was the... You're talking about the... The, the, the Jester King was, was, was the one that was ruined. The Firefly was just over oh. coriandered. Oh, that's right. We just. Oh, it was the hoppy, hoppy Belgian. Yeah. And we were talking about how. Yeah. Okay. You're right. I'm sorry. Not ruined. This makes up for it. <laughs> Yum. This uh, was an expensive beer. This is fifteen dollars in Ohio, uh, so that's twenty one, twenty two here if they if they delivered. Right. Might probably doesn't even make it to Pennsylvania. No. And there might even be marked up even more at that point. I wouldn't be surprised to see a thirty dollar price tag on this at the local store. Yeah, I can see that. So at fifteen dollars, that's not bad for us Pennsylvania dwellers. I mean seriously, people talk about the VE being expensive, but it's not. Uh, compared to what we have to do, I only talk about it, it. It it's not expensive, but it still puts a hurting on your wallet. <laughs> yeah, but that's only because we we go in there and we're like ah, exactly. Oh my god, I want to get everything. Pretty much. So yeah. you know, it, it turns into that sort of hurt as opposed to you don't buy the dollar fifty beers. Yeah, <laughs> you buy the sixteen dollar beers. Right. I think yeah. I think that my. Beer total, the last trip was like 200 or 250 And I came back with, with two cases full of just beer, right? I mean, it was it was, it was fun to pull them out. Because I got, here, Jeff, take a look. And it was like, oh, yeah, okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, definitely works out. But yeah, it puts a hurting on your wallet when you buy what you want to buy. Yes. Or when you, like, get taken in by the, oh, my God. Like, I remember the first time I went there. And they had beers from the brewery, you know, mm-hmm. in Orange County, California. I had no idea they were anywhere east of the Rockies, maybe other than New York City. And I, they were at Vintage Estates. Like, so I, like, you know, bought up several of the brewery beers. But, you know, those were well over $10 a bottle. You know, and you, it adds up when you buy four of them, you know. <clears throat> I am loving this. This is really good. I think it's right up there with uh, the the Grand Reserve. I think it, it's been yeah. so long, but if I can try to tease out that memory, that one had a little bit more cherry chocolate to it. I yes, think. I think that's true. I think I think that that's something that this doesn't have is 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 really big chocolate. Like I said, there was a little bit of tobacco there, and I think that's kind mm-hmm. of that would evolve into chocolate over time. But uh, it's it's oh. it's really 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 good. Uh, it it is lives up to lives up to my my expectations and, and be, me telling people that it's the best beer I've ever tasted. Uh, yeah, you can stand by it now. Yeah, I, absolutely. I I still think so. When I, we had it in Denver at the Pines for Prostates, and it didn't. It, it it wasn't as good. Yeah, maybe it's it's very you know um, 
per batch or something. It you know? may be per batch. Maybe that was in in a bar that was you know a big barrel as opposed to the bottle. So maybe the the bottle conditioning again does something different mm-hmm. to it. Could be. They might not. I don't I mean, know. They they definitely age it, but I don't know. Maybe they might not all be oaked. I would think they would be, but um, they're all oaked. Yeah, they're That's all Jolly oaked. Pumpkin yeah, does Jolly everything pumpkin. is oaked. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it may, but but the ones that are in the keg, they're obviously not going to be bottle conditioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're not going to have that nuance or additional development. Kegs aren't pasteurized; they're just a really big bottle. <laughs> or as Twenty First Amendment likes to say, they're big can series. Right. On to the Sam Adams Stony Brook Red. This one, they're they're. Um, Barrel Room Collection series. It's one that's in the ugly bottle. <laughs> the ugly Saber Flowers bottle. <laughs> it's a weird shape. <coughs> I like it. I think it looks cool. I guess. I, I just... I'm just... I'm going to coin the term the ugly bottle series. <laughs> this is 90% alcohol by volume. 7.1% alcohol by weight. 10 IBUs. 22.5 degrees Play-Doh. Uh, dark reddish brown 35 SRM. It is malted with uh, Sam Adams two row pale malt blend, Munich special B and aromatic malt, hopped with Hillertel, and uh, special ingredients Cosmic Mother Funk with Brevnices and Lactobacillus. I don't know what Cosmic Mother Funk is. But, I would guess Cosmic is. I mean, the mother is, is a yeast. You know, when when you do a yeast or yeah. something like or a bread, well, typically it's for sourdough. Yeah, the mother is the the piece of dough. Oh, I just bent the xylus. Look at that. Wow. Uh, let's use the smaller one. This must have a smaller mm-hmm. neck then. We use the old school one for this. Um, xyluses, if you don't know what I'm talking about, are these awesome little stoppers that uh, John D sends us. And I actually have bought some, and we have a nice stock now. Yeah. Um, but they're this little spring-loaded gasket thing for bottles. They're made for wine, but they're perfect for beer with the pressure. For savings. And they, they hold in the pressure. So as soon as we pour these big bottles, I put the Xylus on. And um, you'll have, I'll drink them throughout the week. and um, It works great, right? Good I mean... pressure, yeah. They're, they're not the cheapest thing. Like four bucks a piece, five bucks a piece. But uh, every beer geek who doesn't finish... Large bottles of beer should have some dialysis. I totally agree with you. They're, they're, they're one of the they're one of those companies we should get as a sponsor, just like Spielglau. <laughs> we need to get Spielglau and Xylus. See, the sponsors. problem is you don't want to use the the wine things that put pressure back in because that just puts oxygen well, in. Actually, those suck beer. pressure out. Is how those. Oh, work. they they that's make even a vacuum. Worse. They make a vacuum so it doesn't oxidize the wine. But really, that's just going to put negative pressure in the bottle and suck the CO2, suck the out, CO2 of the out. There are there are things for sodas I've seen where, yeah. where, you, where you put things, but that just can oxygenate the beer and cause it to turn into cardboard. Although if you if you have it within a couple of days, it should be yeah. fine. Yeah. But uh, but these are great too, um, and these will fit on on the the bottles. You know, whereas the those... actually this was the first time something didn't fit. They made new xyluses that lock and seal better, but. They don't fit the Sam Adams Ugly Bottle series. <laughs> it has a very thin neck. It does. As opposed to the other ones. So, yeah. So, this is Brevoniases and Lactobacillus. It is a Belgian ale yeast strain, which is then bottle conditioned with champagne yeast. Brett and Lacto. Someone, someone come to my face and tell me Sam Adams is not doing, you know, is just mailing it in and not doing crazy stuff. <laughs> okay, here's the interesting thing. There is a, there's a Samuel Adams Cosmic Mother Funk, which is a Belgian ale that they age in oak casks and tanks for over six months. So they take some of that beer and they put that into this. So this is a blend. Okay. Well, you know, all about blends. I I think I probably said this on the show again. I need to request an interview with Jim. I want to talk to him about who the maniac is that suggested they do like fifty seasonals a year. <laughs> I mean, seriously, every time I go to the store there's like three new Sam Adams I've never seen yeah, before. Yeah. I mean, 
50 is an exaggeration, but I'm not exaggerating saying that in the past year, they have put out 25 to 30 different beers. Here's my thinking on it, and it'll be interesting to see if, if Jim uh, says the same thing. Sam Adams is in a very unique position. They are by far, by far the number one craft beer company. They are very noticeable and they can get their beer in anywhere. They also have a strong desire to promote craft beer in general. And so to try to do that and to encourage their brewers to do what they want, they they will produce things and send them out in a way to say, this is Sam Adams, you can trust the quality, give it a shot. So they're sort of... They're sort of banking on their own uh, so, on, on their success. Okay, so and here's their seasonals. Let me run through them real quick. Chocolate Bock, Cranberry Olympic, Dunkelweizen, Harvest Pumpkin, Holiday Porter, Oktoberfest, Old Fezziwig, Summer Ale, White Ale, Winter Lager, Porch Rocker, which it doesn't say what it is, Hazel Brown, Mighty Oak Ale, East West Kolsch, Rustic Saison, Alpine Spring, Black and Brew Coffee Stout, Belgian Session, Bonfire Roush Beer. Now, those are the ones that come in, like, 12-ounce bottles. Right. Then there's the ones that come in 22s, and then there's the ones that come in the ugly bottles. So let's see if I can find the 22 list. And that's not to mention the the long shot and the, uh, you know, if they, if they do a special, like when they did the, um, uh, the, the Latitude, what was the Latitude? Latitude 58 or something like that? Okay, so they have... They're specialty beers, and these are the really big ones. So these are ones people heard of. Imperial, Pilsner, Infinium, Millennium, Triple Bach, Utopias. So those aren't really every year beers. Let's see if I can find another list here. Uh, limited release beers. Double Bach, Imperial Stout, Imperial White, Wee Heavy, Grumpy Monk, Valorin, Cinderbach, which we have in the fridge, Fat Jack, the Vixen, which was that chocolate pepper beer that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, Guffin, Griffin's Bow, Tasman Red, Norse Legend, Third Voyage, Dark Depths. Those are like all beers that have been out on the shelves this year. And hold on. They have, let's see. So that was limited. They In their Barrel Room collection, which has yeah. the ugly ones, there's the American Creek, Sunnybrook Red, their New World, and 13th Hour. Okay, and then there's one more series. There is the Brewmasters Collection, which is Black Lager, Blackberry Whitbeer, Boston Ale, Cherry Wheat, Coastal Wheat, Cream Stout, Honey Porter, Irish Red, Latitude 48 IPA, Noble Pills, Pale Ale, Revolutionary Rye, Scotch Ale, and Whitewater IPA. So, like, Sam Adams has, what, four IPAs in their mm-hmm. arsenal now? Yeah. Not counting the deconstructed from the last. But, but do you think that, that that my estimation has anything to do with their, their thinking? I, I mean, I, it has to because I mean, it has to be them trying to promote beer in general. Because what else could it be? I, I think it's. I think it's promoting. How else do you have four IPAs? Because they can't. I mean, it's it's interesting because. I don't know. I, I definitely want to talk to Jim again because, every like I said, every time I go to the store, I see brand new beers. And, like, I was impressed, like, six months ago. And they've just doubled my impressiveness because they just yeah. keep putting out brand new well, crazy stuff. We should actually talk. We haven't even discussed the Stony no. Brook Red, which has a, you smell a really has strong kind of molasses-y. Molasses-y. You mentioned tobacco already, but this one's kind of drawing me into bet to tobacco also, more so than the last one. Yeah, the tobacco was was very slight. It was just a a, a note in a symphony. Uh, here, it's stronger, and it, it's 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 a component of the molasses. It's, it's mm-hmm. so it's kind of a dark molasses with with you know a little bit sort of that leafy end. Uh, and and if you smell very gently. You get some of that Flandersy tartness, tanginess in the nose. You get a little yes, bit of yes. acidity, a little bit of cherry. But if you smell hard, you just smell the molasses. But if you smell gently, you smell something different. Don't smell it hard. Don't smell Don't it hard. Don't smell hard. <laughs> smell hard. That's a new movie we have coming out. <laughs> We're going to have uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt star in it because he can do a young Bruce Willis. <laughs>
It's an interesting flavor. It has a very aqueous quality up front. The, the flavor was I didn't kind get of, that. No. For no. me, the flavor took a second to dial in. Like, I yes. just got, like, wet. It tasted wet and cold. And then it took a second for the flavors to, like, sink into my tongue for some reason. But when I got there, I got some uh, some of the molasses we were talking about. I got, you know, basically this brown ale type feel, like a little bit of caramel, a little bit of, um, you know, the tobacco comes in. There's, there's a lot of flavor. There's, there's a heck of a lot going on. This is really interesting and really good. I didn't get aqueous at first, but what I did get was just kind of straight, like Jeff said, kind of straight um, molasses brown ale right at the start. And so all that fruit wasn't there. And that's why I think Jeff confused that maybe for aqueous. But then it comes later. And it, it it just kind of swirls around, and you get this uh, this cherry, this uh, moderately tart cherry, and underneath that, a uh, little bit of of sugar, and it finishes with this kind of this sort of champagne uh, mm-hmm. dryness. Really interesting. I like it. It's. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to count up some things really quick here. It's really, really interesting. That 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 finish is just it's kind of remarkable for all the flavors it goes through. I just counted let's see. It's just very dry. Counted thirty nine beers that I know I've seen from Sam Adams on the shelves this year. You were close with 50. You were actually <laughs> close. And if you add up Utopias and stuff, which they don't put out every year, yeah. you know, you get a lot closer. But 39 beers. I'm going to buy another Utopia. I'm going to be in Boston in three weeks or so. Oh, yeah? So I'm going to buy it. I'm going to go to the, to the place I'm going to buy Utopia, I think. I'm not sure when. I think the release was a couple months ago. That might, might be I'm hard sure to they'll find have it at the, at the friggin' brewery. They don't sell beer at the brewery. Well... I'm going to send them an email saying, hey, I'm hey. for your radio. Can I get a tour? <laughs> I'm hot shit. <laughs> this is very tasty. It, it just has this fleeting striptease of, of sourness. Yeah. You know? It, it's, it, it's, I like that. I like that. I know. It's, it's an interesting because... Description. I like that description. It, it's not a sour beer. But you just get a little bit, yeah. and, and you want more so badly. Mm-hmm. So that's where the striptease comes in. <laughs> it's like, give me more sour. Maybe the next sip will be more it's sour. Like... But the next sip's not more sour. It's yeah. just enough to wet your whistle, right? It's just a little <laughs> bit of sour. Stony Brook Red from And Sam now you Adams. have to give it a dollar. <laughs> Every beer we have makes the like the next beer could really flop, right? Because this shows this is the first law of craft beer radio. The quality shows directly proportional to how awesome the beers are. I and, think so. Uh, this is, uh, or I should say, the apparent quality of the ho- by the hosts. Yes, <laughs> we well the, look. We've had one, two, three, four really great beers so far. They could every one of them could have been a number one in another show. <laughs> Yeah. So, and if you're, I've made this point a bunch, but I'm going to make it again because who knows how many new listeners we have, people who haven't listened or haven't paid attention. If you are avoiding Sam Adams because you think they're something to avoid, don't. Do not. They make some pretty awesome and sometimes spectacular beers. I mean, I know some people that are really into beer that still have a Sam Adams stigma. And I had a Sam Adams stigma at the time, you know, where I thought that they put out a subpar flagship. Yeah. It was just because I didn't learn how to, like, Vienna Lagers at the I think, time. I think Boston Lagers are pretty damn good. Beer. Well, now, yeah. once I learned to yeah. like Vienna Lagers. Exactly. But yeah, at first you're like, it took me. Because we've talked about the evolution of, of, of a beer drinker, and you, you start being all big hoppy, and you're like, this isn't hoppy I enough. I don't think that's for everyone, but I mean, we were well into doing the podcast. 
And I still thought Sam Adams Boston Lager tasted like a mouthful of pennies or something uh-huh. like that. Very tinny. And like a yingling. Like a yingling, <laughs> right. But you know, the thing is, all lagers, all good lagers started tasting better and yingling <laughs> kept tasting like a mouthful of pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, certain something about an acquired lager, you know, aptitude, you know, that I needed. But, you know, there was also kind of the feel that there are other seasonals. And they even, let's see, so it's, what, 2012. So even, what, 16 years ago, they had a full fleet of craft beers. Yeah. But probably not so high, not not the most highly regarded, you know, like, um, but... But at that time, you know, if you if you got a craft beer 16 years ago, yeah. at that time, if you got a craft beer, it was essentially, it was like Sierra Nevada, maybe, and right. uh, and, and maybe oh, Anchor. Oh, it was a crazy different right? world. But, you know, a lot of the, but they still make a lot of those beers. I remember having a double block before mm-hmm. I was really into beer. And I, it, it was strong. It really knocked me over, but I didn't really like the flavor. Um, you know, I had cherry wheat when I was... In high school, and it's great for high school kids, you know. But you know, I think you know it just tastes on a whole different level now. But I mean, maybe those beers have changed subtly over the years. But I mean, I, I usually, you know, we talked about how Great Divide is a go-to brewery, yeah. and Sam Adams has come around to being a go-to brewery where I generally feel that the beer is going to be very good. I and mean, if you're asking me for what I would consider to be a mainstream craft brewery that fits into what people think Sam Adams does. I've said this before. It's probably to me, Rogue is that. Rogue is 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 the Sam Adams is what people think Sam Adams is, which is kind of like they you know they try but they don't try. But I should I I need to reevaluate them. Need to reevaluate. But I think that's kind of a and I share I share your opinion to a degree. I don't love the Pac-Man yeast, and yeah. they really rely on the Pac-Man yeah. yeast. And so a lot of the beers have the Rogue House flavor, and I don't love it, and Greg dislikes the Rogue House flavor. Yeah. So I think that's... But it's a, it's, a, it's a neat analogy, and I hate to bash any brewers doing good things, and Rogue does good things. It absolutely does. Um, and but, like I said, I, I, I do need to reevaluate Rogue. I need to, to do a Rogue flight at some point on a Saturday. <laughs> sure. Absolutely, we could do that. We can we can arrange that. Rogue's very available. So mm-hmm. that was the uh, Stony Brook Red from Sam Adams. Uh, it was that striptease of a sour beer, but it, it. Ooh, that last sip was really good. <laughs> Give that last sip. Get a little bit of time away talking. Give that last sip. That's pretty damn good, isn't it? That's an interesting combination. You know, uh, Flanders plus a. Uh, Red kind of a dark oak. brown ale, kind of like mm-hmm. a, a yeah. It, it, it's good, really good. All right, all right. So now we're going a little crazy here. This is called Hopmasters Abbey Belgian style double IPA India Pale <laughs> Ale from Hop and Frog Brewery in Akron. So Ohio. after we've had all these delicate and really interesting and fascinating stuff, we're going to just try to wreck our palate completely with uh, an eight point five percent, eighty one OG, nineteen point six degrees Play Doh. <clears throat> 81 IBU, Belgian-style double IPA from Hop and Frog. This was picked up from the, the beer fridge at the brewery when they were finishing up bottling some pumpkin ale when I was out in Akron, Ohio on my way home from vacation. Look at how, look at how clear that is compared to all the other beers there. This is just... Yeah. This is, this I is see a, Greg's head a complete freckle beer. From across the room. You can see right through it. It is crisp and clean and just, uh, I mean, just crystal clear, beautiful. Yep, and an upside down Greg. It's um, colored in a. Mm, <laughs> what would you call that? Just put it up just your nose and take a huge sniff. Holy moly! <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, we're changing channels here. This thing is a hop bomb. I like I. That's a I love the changing cha- channels analogy because yeah we we've gone from Bravo to Comedy Central, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe IFC it, to Comedy it, it's Central. It's kind of a, kind of a harsh, 
it's not a big floral. It's definitely not floral. It, it's a mix between resiny and you know you got some cat pee going on there. You got yeah. maybe a little bit of citrus fruit, but you definitely got some of those other I, flavors. I'm I'm gonna guess nugget and um, and a centennial and those those are good. Those are worthy guesses. I think it'll help steer some people yeah. in the direction, but. Sewer drain. Uh, There's maybe, a little bit of sewer drain going Simcoe on. Maybe a bit of Simcoe, too. There's maybe. a little bit of sewer drain. It is this yeah. near-sulfury, very dank, 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 dank aroma. <laughs> the more you smell it, the more dank it gets. It just it just gets... Uh... Yeah, the, the citrus fruit is gone. The stuff that was there the first sniff is, is, is faded out, and now it's just more... It's this damp cellar, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, they say citrusy character from select hops dominate this assertive double IPA. Assertive is definitely the smell I'm getting. On to the flavor. It's mostly double IPA. Wow. I'm trying to see. Maybe there's a little bit of Belgian there. There's Belgian there. Are you getting any mushroom? Badger, 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 badger. Mushroom, mushroom. <laughs> uh, am I getting any? No? Okay. I, I thought I smelled a touch of mushroom, and I thought I tasted a, a, a moderate amount of mushroom. Well, I think we know what the end song is going to have to be. <laughs> <laughs> Time to cue it up. Damn! Damn it! If that's not bad, you know, that's kind of it's it's kind of raging bitch itch, bitch itch. Yeah, yeah, it has some of that going on. It's uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. So I mean, it is. I think it's more assertive than raging bitch. Mm -hmm. The reason we just talked, we just had a big um, thesis on why we liked raging bitch so much, and I was pegging it to the Pilsner malt. This doesn't have a Pilsner malt character to it at all. No. It, to me, it's it's the spiciness. There, there's, there's a spiciness and the hoppiness work together in a really nice way. And the Raging Bitch has that, too. This kind of spicy character with the hops. The the flavor isn't as dank. It doesn't have that drain, that sewer yeah. drain type character yeah. to it. it. It's brighter. It's definitely flavor. And it's good, because if it tasted as scummy as it kind of smells, it could be a very... It could be a difficult beer to like. <laughs> it would <laughs> have to be your own child. <laughs> you know. You know what? What's really bugging me about this beer? What's really bugging me is that I really, really, really like it. Actually, I really do. And it's gonna Just have to let be yourself last. go and like it. No, I know that's, oh. that's the problem. Is that it's gonna have to be last? It is. It is gonna have to be last. And I like it a lot. I really like it. Mm-hmm. That's what's bugging me the most. I'm gonna to have to rank it last. Now, okay, so I it's maybe unfair because you're working from memory. But raging bitch versus this, where which would you? How would you rank them? I think the raging bitch might be better to me simply because it's it's not quite as overpowering. I, I think the spiciness comes through a little mm-hmm. more. Like I said, from memory. Yeah, I I think that I'd have to. I think I'd like them both. I think I'd have to penalize the dankness of the aroma yeah. on this one. Because really, I don't, like, I keep sniffing it because it's habit. But I'm like, maybe the next sip I'll just drink it and not sip it be- or sniff it because that smells not awesome. <laughs> it smells really dank. It smells not terrible, but it's not like air freshener. It's not like amazing. But it, yeah, it's definitely a, a big, yeah. I, I like dank as a descriptor. Uh, I also like kind of, you know, wet basement. <laughs> well, that's dank and dark. Yeah. And a little bit of mildew or something. Right. I mean, it doesn't really have a specifically mildew. It's really hard to say. It's... Listen to the pre-show and it's Jeff's, you know, father-in-law's 
basement. Well, that was that was that, that was probably was worse. Fresh water. Yeah. I'm thinking more so when I was just doing some. I was I just snaked out a drain under my sink, so there was some sewer gas odor, you know, coming out, and you know, but it wasn't nearly as as funky and and gross as that. <laughs> What's yeah? What's ironic is that in a Belgian IPA show, this would be either first or second, and it's going to end up being last just because of the the flight we're on, and it's and it's too bad. It really is too bad, but there's always we've talked about hard luck losers before. It's it's not a new concept for the show. So, hell of a show, Greg. I liked it. Hell of a show. Ranking is um gonna be. Interesting. Uh, I think I got it. I think I got the explanations for it all. Let's see. Colette. Where do you fit in, Colette? You were the first. Where do you fit in, You were the first in my heart and in my stomach. (laughs) Where are you at the end of the day? I'm having a hard time actually remembering exactly. Okay, I got it. It was super carbonated... Very lemony. It was lemony. It was grassy. It had... Okay, uh, you're going to fall in there. So, I'm going to do from the top. All right. From the top. Number one is going to be the Beer to Mars from Jolly Pumpkin. And uh, it's the second time. It's a repeat winner of mm-hmm. the show. The competition was much stiffer this time. Yes. And it was delicious. It was this all oh, Flandersy. Red slash brown ale with all kinds of dried fruit going on in there. It's so complex. So much stuff going on. It tells a story. Yeah. And number two is kind of a surprise to me because we've had Le Merle. Le Merle. How do you say that? I think it's Le Mer. But I know the the guy at the beer dinner called it Le Merle. But he was kind of a a blue-collar Clevelander. Right, so right. who knows? Midwest, you know, blue collar accent, La Merle. Um The bottle conditioning on this thing just gave it some nuance and some depth and big, some strong, real fruity complexity. characters. Right, yeah. the, the big, uh, you know, the deep like uh, mango and and um, I think it was like what else was there? there was an orange or scissors? Yeah, clementines, things yeah, clementine, like that. Yeah. Um, oh, just delicious and and really probably the best value of the night you know like for the price flavor if you were trying to like rank these just for like enjoyability versus pocketbook i would maybe possibly give this the number one spot if we had the kind of value ranking uh number three will be the sam adams stony brook red it was a fascinating and fantastic beer um I really liked the the. It's it's kind of sour. It's a little sour. I want more sour. It's like okay, here's some more sour. Oh nope nope. You have to wait for that. <laughs> Just teasing you all yeah. the whole way through the glass. But it was it had that big tobacco flavor. It had uh, toasted oak. It was oh, oh, oh wonderful show in general. Uh, Colette will be fourth. It was. Had a bunch of lemony. It had that big carbonation up front, which you had to work out of the beer. But it was a thoroughly enjoyable saison. Silver medal winner a couple of years ago. Agree wholeheartedly. Uh, one of the best, better saisons I've had in a while. Second to the Lemurl, which we had tonight also. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, Greg was real. It was painting Greg for you know saying that Hop and Frog was going to be a hard luck loser. He, it's it's in fourth place, but it's or fifth place. It's still a tasty ass beer. Um, if, I mean, if you can't get Flying Dog where you are, which is would be surprise me, but you can't get Hop and Frog, you get this one to give. It, I, I think it's, it doesn't exist. You, you that can, that example doesn't dog, exist. You can get Flying Dog where you can get Hop and Frog. Yeah, so. well, I mean, it, it's a it's a great another great example of I think what we what we would say is a good Belgian IPA. Yeah, it's. To, it's a very good Belgian double IPA. Mm-hmm. It's it's in definitely in the top five, maybe in the top two, you know, Belgio IPAs that I've got my hands on. Yeah. Uh, my my rankings are only slightly different from yours. Uh, number one is definitely a Jolly Pumpkin. That was just just an amazing beer. Uh, just just a beer that that I absolutely love, and uh, it it completely. Uh, 
completely, totally justified me me loving it. And uh, when, when people people often say, you know, or, or, or Jeff can says sometimes when people ask him what his favorite beer is, well, it depends on the time. And I say, John Pumpkin Beer to Mars is my favorite beer. Uh, and I think this is why. If you try it, you'll understand. And is, is it true that, that the Jolly Pumpkin Beer to Mars is not the beer for every situation? Absolutely. But if I had to pick a beer that call my favorite, the one that I love the most. If you can get it tasting like this bottle or the Grand Reserve. Yeah. Yes. However, the one we had at Pints for Prostates. Was not as good. Not, I can't not remember. Quite, not quite, not it, nearly well, as good, really. It was, it was, I, re I remember being disappointed, but that's about it, because it was yeah. not memorable. Yeah. Now, we were at Pints for Prostates, rare beer tasting. It was a, an amazing ecosystem. You know, it had tons of competition, but really it didn't stand. It had no legs compared to everything else we were tasting. None. I, but I see the thing that from the price, I don't remember anything from Pines or Prostate. I mean, I, I mean, I remember being there. I just don't remember any beer being like, oh my god. I don't remember things, you know, that clearly. It, it was a, it's a different situation when you're tasting, you know, running around as you are when you're tasting it here in this, mm -hmm. you know, in this closed situation. But if you're just having, if you see this beer, especially if you see it for only fifteen bucks, and I say only fifteen bucks, that's a lot. Only fifty bucks, get it. It's a bargain. Yeah, thirty so, bucks. That's maybe get it. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if, you if, probably if you like have it. the discretionary income to get it, maybe. But yeah, fifteen I think is a bargain. Fifteen is a bargain. Absolutely. Uh, my second is actually the Sam Adams. I think that that um, that was really unique and, and different, and 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 took you on a journey kind of like it wasn't. The same journey, and it wasn't you know the same kind of whoa <laughs> exploration, but it was still pretty, so pretty great. Um, it told a hell of a story without yeah. going full on sour. Yeah, you know, and some people will be wishing that it had been full on sour, but I appreciate the PG thirteen yes rating here. Yeah, right, as opposed to going on full on R. Yeah, exactly. So okay, so it's an Indiana Jones movie, but Indiana Jones movie can be damn good. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So okay, it, it, it's it's you know it's the temple of, or you know it's the temple <laughs> of, Doom, of the crystal right? skull. It, it's not King of the crystal skull. Skull. It's you know, it, but it, I, I think was I think Future Thirteen was made for Temple of Doom, right? <laughs> that, that that's the story behind it. So yeah, it's a Temple of Doom, but you know it's fun and it's great and it's interesting and and you know the characters are great, but in this case the flavors and the quality it's, it's really good. So yeah, if you see that, definitely pick it up. Uh, yeah, Stony Brook Red from Stony Brook Red. Uh, North Coast was just wow. That was a great beer. <laughs> that was really fantastic saison, and I wasn't sure whether to put the Great Divide of the North Coast ahead because <laughs> because they were both really good saisons. I I think I I just like the the concentrated sugar thing a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, than the Great Divide. But the Great Divide was fantastic. It was really good. I, you can't go wrong if you're looking for a saison in America. These two are are pretty pretty damn high on the list. I mean, I every saison Dupont I've ever had has been uh, completely skunked. Yeah, Greg's never had a uh, fresh tasting. I I have. I've had a good saison Dupont, but I mean, I've had a bunch of skunked ones. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting how you put about you know how they're great saisons because both of them were more uh, fruity, well, you know, than I, I think of a like when yeah, I, when, I, when, I, when I dream of a saison, I think of something that's very dry. Yeah, and and they were and, a little stronger for me than, than usual. But you know, that's you know, like I would if I was. I'll let you finish, but I want to talk about Colette just a little bit. Okay, yeah, but it fits within the the script, I think, for me. And then last, like I said, the Hop and Frog, which is a shame because it's great, but I mean. It had to. It had to deal with this. It, it was going against. Uh, it was. It was against the flood, and it's going to lose against the flood. But it, uh, pick it up. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah. Really good. The one last comment I wanted to make about Colette, and a little bit about Le Merle too, is what I think about world class Belgian saisons. I think about really dry, and 
you know, the Colette had this wit beer thing going on where it was very wheaty and it wasn't on the dry. And Lemerle had all this dark fruit and it was almost like a, um, you know, like a, a Belgian Abbey or something like that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean the beers aren't fantastic, but if you're, if you're a homebrew judge ranking on saisons, you know, I think both of these had uh, categorization flaws. But, but but when these have both won awards for saisons, this shows that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the end of our show. We hope you enjoyed it. This has been Craft Beer Radio. This is uh, we are licensed under Creative Economies license. Check out craftradio.com for more information. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. At Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg. You hit us up on Google Plus on Craft Beer Radio. You hit us up on Facebook on Craft Beer Radio. And uh, beer at craftbeerradio.com if you want to email us. But we prefer the social media routes, at least I do. Yeah, I respond to the emails. I try to. Mushroom, mushroom, badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom. Stop!